0: Hello everyone and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, November 30th, 2018. My name is Adam, I am your host, and we start this week with Sunday's Starcade special from the WWE Network. We open with Elias, who brings out Flair, Rick that is, and they're interrupted by the Samoan twat team, Alicia Fox and Mickie James. There's only one person in that group who I actually want to see, and it sure as hell ain't Alicia Fox. Elias finally gets to sing a song, and it's quickly clear that no one in the ring other than Mickey has even the slightest hint of rhythm. Naya then tries to sing along. This has gotten quickly awful. The sound is awful, by the way. It's like the mics aren't going through the TV feed, so we're getting all the arena echo. Elias tells Naya to shut the fuck up and throws it to our first match, bringing out Sasha, Bailey, Ember Moon, and Dana Brooke. Match one, eight-woman tag. Ember starts off with Mickey, another match I wouldn't mind seeing in one-on-one form. I feel like since this is Starcade, they should just have Charles Robinson referee every match. Alicia Fox eventually taps out to the bank's statement. Grade C. There was nothing special here, nothing really stood out. I think the best thing I can say is that Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke weren't involved all that much. Miz TV time, he talks about the history of Starcade and the U.S. Championship. His guests are the two men who will be in the U.S. title match later on tonight, Rey Mysterio and Shinsuke Nakamura. Mysterio enters in a neck brace, so perhaps I misheard the Miz. Mysterio, by the way, still wearing his underpants on the outside. No, they are definitely talking about Shinsuke defending the title against the guy who is currently wearing a neck brace. (sighs) Mysterio name drops a bunch of people. Shinsuke doesn't speak English. This leads right into the match because Miz gets upset that Mysterio used the when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut catchphrase on Miz TV. Match number two, United States Championship. Rey Mysterio versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I would pick Rey here if he wasn't wearing a fucking neck brace. Also, apparently The Miz has GM or commissioner powers, as he's the one who demanded that the referee come to the ring and start the match, and it actually happened. Miz then causes the disqualification by pulling Ray out of the ring during a 619 attempt. Grade C. Very bizarre to see Ray come out in a neck brace and still have him wrestle a match. Then, a short and unspectacular match at that. Rusev comes out to make the save for Mysterio and Lana, who's mostly not Russian tonight, lays down the Teddy Long special. Match number three, Rusev and Mysterio versus Miz and Nakamura. Of course, Ray and Rusev will win here. Need I point out that Mysterio, who was in a neck brace not even ten minutes ago, is currently doing repeated shoulder blocks to Nakamura in the corner? Rusev pins Miz for the victory. Grade B. More entertaining than the previous matches tonight, but still nothing special. We get the briefest of graphics for the Steel Cage match, and it's main event time. Match number four, Steel Cage, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. It's a house show and nothing on the line, so Styles will win. It's even the house show cage which explains why they didn't air this live. We don't want Tom and Byron to have to vamp for 20 minutes while the ring crew attaches the cage to the ring. Joe ends up tapping to the Calf Crusher, which AJ manages to apply as a counter to being thrown out of the way as Joe tried to get out of the door. Clever finish. Grade B. These two guys always work well together, and this is no exception. Overall grade for minus. I B-. I don't know why they made such a big deal about this, though to be fair we do have no idea what it was that they edited out to cut this whole house show down to an hour. I almost took points off because of the sound issues with the mics during the promos, but It was two segments, really, so it wasn't enough to be an issue. Monday night, time for Raw, and they probably won't even mention Starcade at all. Baron Corbin starts the show by mocking us for eating Thanksgiving dinner. Interesting choice. Remember how last week we ended an elimination tag match with a disqualification despite there being another member left on the losing team? Well, we're going to remind you right now. Baron says he'll just have to win by forfeit at TLC to become the permanent Raw general manager. Then Elias shows up because he'd rather play a riff than listen to Baron continue to talk. And I can't help but agree. Alright, ten minutes before we get the first reference to Drake Maverick pissing himself. Match number one, Bobby Lashley versus Elias. After that catchy little ditty, Elias has to lose via shenanigans, right? Renee makes a hockey reference on commentary, so expect Twitter to blow up on Tuesday with MRAs talking down to her for knowing about sports. I guarantee that if Bobby Lashley hadn't been an established guy when he came back to WWE that Vince would have wasted no time in dropping the Bobby from his name. The referee attempts to disqualify Lashley when Leo pulls Elias out of the ring, so Corbin makes it a no-disqualification match and restarts it. Typical. This, of course, quickly devolves into a mugging, including a pretty sweet reverse Alabama slam into the steps by Drew. Lashley finally pins Elias for three. Grade B. B. The actual match was quite good. The beatdown was brutal. Unfortunately, Drew is still the only interesting member of this group. Baron fires the PA who shut the lights off on him during the opening promo so that Elias could play. Whatever. Alexa supports this decision and basically asks to be assistant interim general manager. Baron then just makes her the general manager of the Raw women's division. Interesting. Two commentary and Corey Graves is wearing pajamas. Why would Seth book a flight where he'd have to leave during raw? We really should have seen right through that. And those DDTs both looked really awesome last week. The the double arm DDTs by Dean. Dean says he would never expose himself to Milwaukee. And yeah, that's not a bad thing. This is the weirdest fucking promo I've ever seen. And I lived through Goldust's first run. Again, we ask Renee what the fuck is wrong with Dean, and she gets pissy about it. I'm going to give bonus points for that simply because it was so bizarre and original. Match number two, Lucha House Party versus The Revival, Lucha House Rules. Dash and Dawson complain about the horse shit that was last week's surprise Lucha House Rules announcement, and are then surprised by this week's Lucha House Rules announcement. Only Corey understands why this is unfair. Tonight, we learn that Lucha House rules not only means that it's a handicap match in favor of the faces, but also that the Luchas don't actually have to tag in and out. Again, they're the good guys, right? Lucha House party wins. Grade C. Hashtag fuck the revival. They then suck Lars Sullivan's dick a little bit, calling him the most sought after free agent in history. So fuck you, John Cena. Naya cuts a promo. It is wooden and awful. She brags about legitimately injuring one of her coworkers. Negative points. They try to make up for Naya's shitty promo by having her show clips of the awesome beatdown Charlotte laid on Rhonda. It doesn't work like that, Tets. Rhonda eventually comes out. She challenges Naya for a fight right here and right now, which Naya refuses because her hands are pretty tonight, you guys. Natty then comes to the ring to prevent Rhonda from getting double-teamed, and she gets the shit kicked out of her by the Riot Squad, which I approve of because I like the Riot Squad, but disapprove of because sunglasses. Rhonda's theme plays, despite her not having accomplished anything. Then we talk about Drake Maverick pissing his pants. This includes a replay from Survivor Series and a replay from the second-grade comedy sketch from last week. Negative points. Drake then actually... Cuts a decent promo explaining his pest pants. Match number three, Raw Tag Titles. AOP versus Gable and Rude. I certainly don't see a title change happening tonight. Drake puts Bobby's robe on and it's just adorable, you guys. Like when a five-year-old wears his dad's sport coat. We come back from break and Renee steals my joke. Also, Drake is in the bathroom. Oh, God. Drake, who has the loudest zipper in recorded history, dunks the robe in the toilet and then peas on it, for fuck's sake. <sighs> Grade D. AOP just won because of piss again. Honest to God. Backstage, Sasha and Bailey don't like Alexa. Finn Balor cuts a selfie promo in the locker room in order to tell us exactly what happened at the beginning of the show, and exactly what that means in terms of the story. You know, in case you forgot. Match number four, Ember Moon versus Alicia Fox. Oh, fuck me. Ember better win. Ember's new partner in the mixed match challenge is Kurt Hawkins. Cole says this is because her old partner was Braun Strowman and that Corbin is punishing her, just in case anyone out there actually still gave a shit about the mixed match challenge. Alicia's hair looks like one of those Halloween wigs you buy at Spencer's for five bucks. An Eclipse ends it in short order, thankfully. Grade C. Short, forgettable, but at least Alicia lost. Holy fuck. No Way Jose is still alive. Match number five, No Way Jose versus Jinder Mahal. Oh, wait. Seriously? How can both of them lose, though? In discussing Jinder's relationship with the Singh brothers, Corey says, quote, I hear Jinder taught Sunil Congress of the Cows, unquote. That, that's a sex thing. Jinder wins with the Colossus. Great, see, perfectly passable match, I suppose, but why? Seth comes out to issue the Intercontinental Open Challenge. Match number six, Intercontinental Championship, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. Why would Seth lose here? What are they going to climb a ladder for at TLC if Seth's not the champion? Someone in the front row has a Bruce City Wrestling sweatshirt on. Where have I heard of that company before? Rollins kicks out of a Famouser and a Zigzag because it's WrestleMania. The Superplex-Falcon Arrow combo finishes off Ziggler. Grade B. Good match, though a bit anticlimactic thanks to the foregone conclusion. In the promo before the match, Seth mentioned that Dean wasn't here and that he didn't believe that, so I think the lack of Dean in this match was a bit disappointing. Alexa reminds us for the 17th time tonight that she's in charge of the women's division now and says the fans will have the ability to ask questions of Sasha and Bailey during this open forum. This has the potential to be cringeworthy. Cole proves me correct by immediately screaming, it's boss time at the moment Sasha's music hits. Alexa makes fun of some audience members and then picks an obvious plant in the front row. This is the only question asked as Mickey, Alicia, and Dana Brooke of all fucking people attack boss hugs from behind. The two overcome the three. Okay, Dana Brooke and Alicia Fox were there, so I guess basically it's two on two. Negative points. Then, in teasing the main event, which is next, Corey says, ordinary man who does extraordinary things. Fucking stop it. Match number seven, Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Of course, Baron wins. He's the evil GM. Balor is wearing the red trunks tonight, which do not look good on him. Balor is on offense going into the first commercial, so don't expect that to last. And yeah, Baron's in control when we come back. Corbin makes this a handicap match because he's losing and brings out Drew McIntyre. I mean, at least the interesting member of the group is here now. Claymore finishes off Ballard Grade, see, Drew was in there for all of a minute, minute and a half, maybe. Sadly, Ballard continues to lose to try and get Baron over as a bad guy. Not a fan. Lashley then comes out to beat up Finn Balor as well. Overall grade for Raw: D plus. PP jokes, no way, Jose. And an overabundance of horrible authority figures gives us a final grade even lower than last week. Bad, bad, bad. We can only go up from here, right? Let's watch SmackDown. Paige starts us off in the ring, which is kind of different. Stone Cold Becky Lynch is here, so we're already better than Raw. Becky cuts a quick but solid promo and brings out Charlotte. They talk shit to each other. It's fun. Page announces Becky vs. Charlotte, TLC, at TLC. This brings out the Iconics. Sonya, Mandy, and Zelina Vega, they accuse Paige of favoritism, and that brings out the faces, all four of them. Paige makes a battle royal. The winner gets added to TLC. Nice. Bonus points for this. I enjoyed this segment quite a bit. Match number one, Usos vs. The Bar. I don't think this is a title match, so I'm going to pick The Usos. They've already broken up The Bar Show. Why... Did they, what, just, what? Usos win following the splash. Great, B. Solid, enjoyable match. It wouldn't have made sense for the bar to win after losing Big Show, so it all works out. New Day make fun of The Miz for losing to a local talent last week. Then it turns out that Big E watches the Marine movies, and this is something to be mocked, apparently. I did enjoy Big E leaving the scene, but not stopping that weird, embarrassed moan noise he was making until the promo ended. AJ Styles goes full Goldberg before the break. He demands his title match tonight, despite knowing that Brian is not there. Way to go, dum-dum. AJ says for 371 days, he was the champ and he never missed a live event. Anyone want to fact check that for me? Match number two, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev. Shinsuke attacks before I can decide who I would pick to win here, and then the match doesn't even fucking happen. I appreciate this if it's actually an attempt to rebuild and rehabilitate Shinsuke's character and his United States Championship run, or possibly build Rusev to take the belt off of him. So up next is the Jeff Hardy celebration, since he's been wrestling for 20 years or some shit, and Michael Cole is hosting. Michael Cole who is not on SmackDown. Why do they hate the blue brand so much? Negative points for this announcement. The entire locker room is on the stage for this, including the cruiserweights, who also aren't on SmackDown. Jeff gives a nice heartfelt speech, thanks some folks, promises this isn't a retirement, and then he's interrupted by Samoa Joe. Joe cuts another great promo, including making fun of Jeff for his dependency issues. This was great stuff. Bonus points for this. Match number two, Kofi Kingston versus The Miz. This should be good. I'm going to go Kofi here since they'll continue to mock The Miz for losing. Uh, Miz removes a turnbuckle pad and Big E stops Miz from using the exposed turnbuckle with a stack of pancakes. Nice. Kofi then pins Miz after trouble in Paradise. Grade B. A Fun little match here. Miz keeps trying to cheat. The New Day foil him at every turn. Good stuff. Enter Orton. He still has Ray's mask from last week. Nice touch randy's basically proud of what he did he's interrupted by ray who is wearing a neck brace again i wonder who he's gonna wrestle tonight they brawl ray tries to get a chair from under the ring on the hard cam side with the led billboard randy tries to cripple ray again then he tries to remove ray's mask again he is unsuccessful this time backstage miz is mad at shane for not helping him during his match again kind of interested in where this is going Uh, Match number three, the Women's Battle Royal. The winner gets added to the TLC match at TLC. Based on who is in this match, the only two logical choices appear to be Naomi or Asuka, which is kind of sad, actually. I would love to see someone else get a shot, like Sonya Deville or Zelina Vega, or even have the iconics be taken seriously. Uh, The crowd is hot for Asuka, by the way. They were chanting her name at the beginning as well. Zelina is first out, so so much for that. Thankfully, she also takes out Lana. Oh, fuck. Turns out Lana's still in. Wait. Never mind. Thanks, Iconics. Oscar's ass eliminates Billy and Peyton. Oscar sold Carmella's superkick a lot better than the superkick looked. Uh, the final four are Naomi, Asuka, Mandy, and Sonya. Sonya and Mandy will end up fighting with each other. You know the story. Naomi and Mandy are eliminated, and we didn't get any kind of breakup tease like they've done the last two weeks. Hmm. Sonya's in the final two. I wonder if I was getting my wish, except that Asuka is the other participant. Asuka wins after some apron dramatics grade. B. Kind of short for a battle royal, but then again, there were only, what, like eight, nine women in there? The first ever women's TLC match is now Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka, and I'll be intrigued to see exactly what these women put together. Overall great for SmackDown, A minus. I don't hate that there were only three matches on SmackDown this week. I really enjoyed the Jeff Hardy segment. I'm hopeful, like I said, that the Shinsuke Rusev segment is leading to something bigger uh, for for one of them or possibly both of them. Once again, the blue brand is the much better show this week, despite them trying to tell us otherwise. Moving on to 205 Live. Do you think they'll move 205 back to Tuesday once the mixed match challenge is over? I kind of hope so, though I'm doubtful. Drake promises us one of the most compelling lineups in 205 Live history, so we'll see what happens here. Match number one, Mike Kanellis versus Noam Dar. This should be a fantastic match. I see Kanellis taking the win here. Noam allows himself to get distracted by Maria, but let's be honest, you would get distracted by Maria too. Yes, you would. Don't lie. The Lucha House Party appear and cost Mike Kanellis the match by attacking him behind the referee's back. What fucking assholes. Grade C. Surprisingly short, and Lucha House Party continue to be douchebags, despite being good guys. Are they John Cena under a mask? Backstage, Akira and Kendrick are training. This is pretty stupid. Jack Gallagher makes up a word and then defines it for us. Match number two, Hideo Itami versus Levy Cruz. Really? I would love, just once, if they would build up a newcomer or a return like this, put them out there against a no-name like this but then have the no-name guy go over and get a push like when dan Matha debuted in nxt except instead of getting destroyed by samoa joe it would be someone that we expect to be a jobber itami wins here shocker grade c squash match whatever hideo beats on levy until aria davari makes a surprise return wearing a shirt he stole from late 90s rock davari then beats up the job guy so i guess we have a new team Next week, a tornado tag, Canellus and TJP vs. Lucha House Party. Backstage, Cedric and his titties bounce around. Match number three, Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander vs. Tony Nice and Buddy Murphy. I think Alexander and Ali take it here. We get a close-up of Cedric waiting for a hot tag, and I can't help but notice that someone in the crowd behind him is wearing a shirt that just says, Jail sucks. Straightforward, anyways. Ali and Alexander try a double Spanish fly off the top, I believe is what they were going for, but someone loses their balance, and Buddy and Ali crash to the floor. Scary spot there. Looks like Buddy cracks his head off the ring post on the way down. Thankfully, they both appeared to be okay. Alexander pins Murphy with a lumbar check. Grade... B. Aside from the botch, this was a solid, entertaining match. Great work by all four men, typical of a 205 Live main event. Overall grade for 205 Live is a C+. A bit weak this week, otherwise. The return of Atami and Davari doesn't thrill me. And also, fuck the Lucha House Party. Last show of the week, it is time for NXT. Tonight, we are on the campus of San Jose State University. So this will be interesting, visually at least. Match number one, Birch and Lorkin versus the mighty the mighty are still trying to build this heel turn so i think they'll pick up the win here tonight the ringside cameras are set to a different aperture width than the hard cam and it's very jarring when they switch between them the handhelds are a lot brighter than the hard cam like oni lorkin is practically radiating light oni hits a beautiful dive over the ropes to the outside only almost landing on his head in the process the Mighty have lorkin up for some sort of double-team guerrilla press situation, but Birch spears one of them and Oni rolls up the other for the win. Grade B. Great stuff here, unsurprisingly. And I always like being surprised by the outcome. The Mighty try to take out the pair after the match, and they eventually succeed. Last month, EC3 was able to outsmart the Undisputed Era and pin Adam Cole. Then he got his teeth kicked out and his knee bashed in with a chair. Tonight, he returns against some mook named Marcel Bartel next. But first, a photo recap of the women's title match at War Games again, for some reason. Earlier today, two dudes with iPhones talked to Dakota Kai Rio. They are not finished with the horsewomen. You see what I did there? Dakota Kai, Kairi Sane, Io Shirai, Dakota Kai Rio. Shut up. Match number two, EC3 versus Marcel Bartel. You know, I think Marcel has a chance here. Marcel's theme is even generic. It's just classical music. Turns out Bartel is actually an NXT UK superstar and as such is getting offense in here. The name drop elbow and the one percenter TKO and EC3 gets the victory. Grade B, quick, fun, fast-paced match. Good stuff. EC3 then calls out Bobby Fish. Uh, We get a Dijakovic promo. Bonus points because I know that guy. In a random parking lot, Candice LeRae refuses to talk to anyone. Match three, Vanessa Bourne versus Mia Yim. Tough to call this one. Uh, I honestly felt like it could go either way. I argued with myself for a while, but I'm leaning Vanessa Bourne here. Uh, Mia offers a handshake. Bourne offers a slap to the face. Later in the match, Bourne tries to slap Mia again, which she counters into an arm breaker. Nice work. Good touch. Eat, defeat, finishes off Vanessa Bourne. Grade, be surprised. Again, two strong competitors here. Vanessa Bourne is a good heel. I really enjoyed her work. Earlier this week, the War Raiders were in the therapy room at the Performance Center. Champa talks to his phone. He told us all, didn't he? We should follow his lead. Main event time, match number four, Keith Lee versus Lars Sullivan. Two huge dudes squaring off here. I'm going to go with Lee since Lars is getting called out. Lars Sullivan enters wearing red trunks and being bathed in red light, and it just makes it look like he has no genitals. Like a Ken doll. The ring is bathed in fog as the bell goes off. It looks like a jungle scene from a movie. They trade ineffective shoulder blocks to start, which is a nice touch. And I'm not saying it looks like a jungle scene because Keith Lee is in there. I'm saying it looks like a jungle scene because it's a lot of fog. Don't. Just don't. Where the fuck was I? Uh, Sullivan locks Lee in a very vicious hug, which wears him down. Uh, nice up and over cross body by Lee. Only gets two. Lee tries a moonsault from the second rope and misses, which gives Sullivan the opportunity to hit the freak accident and get the pinfall. Grade. A I am giving this an a these guys are huge but they are also very athletic and they were given the chance to show off here this uh, this was good stuff This is a very good match overall grade for NXT and a minus NXT shines this week taking home the top grade grade for the week B minus surprisingly the rest of the week saved us from that terrible episode of Raw. That does it for me this week. Let me know what you thought by emailing me, nitromaniapod at gmail.com or on Twitter at nitromaniapod. I'll be back next weekend with another episode of Making the Grade. As for now, I'm going to go try and finish watching the next episode of Nitro so I can put up another Nitro Mania for you guys. So until next week, So long.